Okay, ladies, good evening. I hope we're all happy. Um, this is actually like we're concluding this. You're gonna have to listen to the. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. It's all, it's all, it's all online. Uh, um, all the previous, actually tonight, I almost like thought like just skipping this and just doing something for Rosh Hashanah because you would say at some level um, this discussion of happiness um, seems to be at some level not as much more for yeshiva that we're doing tonight. Unless for a ladies' class that we've been doing, everything else until this point, I think, were, was very relevant, pertinent, and germane for all of us and all of you. Uh, but this, at some level, is not that way. But I thought, for two reasons, it's still worthwhile to do. Number one, either have sons or husbands, and some of it is pertinent to all ladies. But number two is, I think, it's just another application of the ideas we, 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 we've been studying. Uh, and then we're going to just finish up the the Siam Hashar. Okay. Says, you know, just, uh, says Revolba, Indian Miyuchad is Simcha Nimsev Torah Atzma. There's a certain, and we discussed the Simcha of Torah at some level, but now he's going like, to kind of jack up that conversation. Uh, the, the Simcha of Torah study, of in depth Torah study. Toysvis in Chagiga says the following thing. It's, it quotes a, a Jerusalem Talmud. The Talmud Yerushalmi. Sipur shal acher, avuya, everyone acher was Alisha ben Avua. Alisha ben Avua was a contemporary of Rabbi Akiva. He was one of the greatest sages of the generation. He was one of the primary teachers of Rabbi Meir Balhanes. Okay, and Rabbi Acher would eventually go off. Now, if you heard a good history series, uh, when I discussed Rabbi Meir in that series, uh, I mentioned the story of Acher. It was a terrible time period when he went off. In general, it was the generation after the Third Revolt, the Bar Kokhva Revolt. It had been they banned Torah for a large period and killed Rabbi Kiva and other stages. If you would have been living in that time, it would have pretty much felt like Nazi Germany, uh, plus the destruction of the base of Mikdash. Uh, with the Romans dominant, I mean, the Romans were way more powerful than Nazi Germany was because because they controlled the whole Middle East, all of North Africa, all of Europe. I mean, you, you looking at the world, it was very bleak times. Um, and at that period, uh, Acher is when Acher went off. So Avuya Avi Hamigdeli Shalim, and and his father uh, Alisha Ben Avua. Avua was from the, 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 the heads of Jerusalem uh, before the destruction. And when his bris came, all of the Gedolim, this is shortly before the destruction of the base of Migdash, uh, all of the Gedolim and were in his house. He was a very prominent person, including Rabbi Elias, Rabbi Hercules, and Rabbi Yoshua. Uh, People were, were you know, kind of like the verse yesterday. <laughs> you see that verse yesterday? Yeah. yesterday? No, there's actually a Brit. I don't know what it was. Like a, a, a Brit Mila, right? Um, see, I said that on purpose. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a schmacker verse. A right? So was every, some people were singing and dancing. They're playing that Eliyahu and Navi music that we played yesterday. Uh, and they were singing and dancing, which is great. Nothing wrong with doing rejoicing and being freilich. What's freilich? Yes. 
There you go, Mamish. You're ready for Meir Sharab. Uh, <laughs> after the shit, you were ready. Uh, so your Yiddish is like amazing these days, right? Uh, so uh, eating and drinking and rejoicing, at, and which is which is proper to press. But Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Eliezer, the, we, 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 um, a lot, they were the Rebbeim of Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Kiva. They were the G'dayli Hador. Like, they said themselves, they can surely enjoy what they're doing, but we'll do what we need to do. Yashu, they're at the bris. So Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yeshua, sit down, and they start learning Torah. You know, we can't even imagine what this means. Now, at some level, there was a heavenly fire that surrounds, uh, that, that encompassed them. Um, Ramesha Feinstein, who was not only the greatest sage of America when he passed away uh, a little bit over 30 years ago, uh, but like a straight shooter, not into stories, said that when he was younger, he went to the Chavetz Chaim and he saw the Chavetz Chaim in Rebbe Chanan uh, learning Torah and he saw like a fire coming out of their mouth, okay? One to another. It doesn't mean there was a visible fire, but he was tapped in enough on a spiritual level to see their conversation on a spiritual level. Again, I don't like these stories, personally. I'm like, Ich bin a Litvak, but, um, uh, you know, Ramesh, <laughs> <Ramayusha, laughs> I'm not into Hasidic stories, I'm not against Hasidic stories, but I'm not into it. Uh, um, but, but the, you know, Ramesh was not one to say these type of things. You know, there is a certain Kayachatar, by the way, I have, I'm sure many of the Hasidic stories are true. I just don't like saying these stories for the sake of the stories. Um, uh, but the point I'm saying over here is there's a or haTorah. There's a fire of Torah. There's a spiritual connection uh, of, of, of Torah, and they were studying. It was actually a visible fire that was was around them. Um, so the Talmud says, and he gave us an Amalovan Avuya Avagavran. What's going to have in my house? First thing he sees is like a fire. You ever in like a fancy house? They can make you take off your shoes sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, not, he was not like that, but if there's a fire in his house, he's worried about burning down his house. Uh, so he, when he says that there's no fire, that their gedelim are learning Torah together. The Galatian Gemara says is that it was such a rejoicing is that it was given over at Sinai of at that moment. The Torah itself, the language of the Gemara, it was so happy to be learning this Torah. Now the Gemara then says that, uh, that Elisha, ben Avua, his, Avua, his father, Avua, saw this Torah, he, says, he wants his son to learn Torah like that, which was a big mistake, because you don't learn Torah for the fire, you learn Torah because it's true. Right? His motive for pushing his son to learn Torah was a wrong motivation from the beginning. And the Gemara will then say other things that went wrong with Elisha's upbringing, which years later, when tragedy would strike to the Jewish people, and he had personal tragedies, would, would lead him off the path. And that's another conversation tonight. Our conversation tonight is that the Gemara says that the Torah that they were learning, the reason that they had that fire of Torah, is that they were, they were so happy 
the same frelachai, the same joy, the same happiness as the day they were given over at Sinai. That's how happy they were learning Torah. Now, I mentioned in the past few weeks in different permutations that if you want to be successful in tshuva, I mentioned, in serving Hashem, in being a parent, in being a spouse, when you're happy of energy, right? when you're happy of koichas, when you're happy, you, there's nothing that could stop you. That simcha is the great, and, and so their learning was infused with simcha, and that learning with, with simcha, that's what caused that fire. It, you know, that fire to me, on, on a metaphorical level, is a fire of passion. When, you, when you're happy, you can do anything. Really, I, I'm a, I, when a person is happy with they're doing their job, the, the strength they have to do something to accomplish is so much more than when they have kvedas and they're weighed down by sadness and atzvus and depression and giving up. Um, but and they learn Torah like it was given at Tzana. He says, like, to explain what it means that there was smechem, those dafka aydei shayu chayzrim, they were reviewing. And, and, and Revolba, then, again, I'm going to skip a little bit of this, which is a little bit not as relevant to, 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 to this class, um, where he talks about, they weren't just studying Torah, they were reviewing uh, the Torah, and they were loving what they were doing. Right? They were loving that they were understanding um, um, uh, uh, Hashem's, uh, Hashem's Torah, and you know. So and in yeshiva, by the way, one of the things uh, that a, a yeshiva student will do—it's an amazing thing. I can read. I can read a book. I, I very. I very. I have read a lot of books in my life, to say the least. I have reviewed. <laughs> Very few. There are some books I've read more than once. Very few. And I must say that the books that I did review, it's never as pleasurable as the first time. It's not like I read it like a novel? How do you read really, it? I can, I've never read a novel twice. I, I've read a novel for many years, to be honest. Um, I don't have time for it. I don't, you know, even a, I'm talking like a, a worthwhile novel. But if I, when I did, when I was younger and I did read, you know, uh, such things, uh, you know, I read The Hobbit and the, the Lord of the Rings way before it became famous. Like, you know, you're a trendsetter. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, it was trendy before <laughs> before my time. It's an old book. The trends have to start someplace. Yeah. Yeah. It came back. I guess, like, I guess it came back. Have to begin yeah. So, but my point is, I would never read those books again. I could I, even books I liked. I, you know, I, I would never read. Them. I couldn't read a novel. I'm gonna read a novel a second time. I. I, maybe some people could say, imagine reading a novel 10 times, 20 times, 30 times. I jump off a roof. Before, you know, it's like, I, well, how, books. Other books right? I'm saying, why would you read the novel again and again, right? And when you have to memorize every word of this novel to understand the nuance, why the novel says it in this way and that way? Well, sometimes if you read it at different stages in your life, it does read. I mean, it, uh, the story ends the same way. Yeah, that's fine, because you forgot... Well, half, I'm not saying read it 20 times. Because you forgot half of the novel. <laughs> Maybe, but... If you read the next day, people don't read novels the next day and the next day. Normal people don't do that. So, <laughs> that's how people do. Um, 
So they, they read it, maybe they read it a few years later, or they read a few, if there's something they love, but certainly not all novels they do that. Not unless they have OCD and they have to read the thing over and over and over again. So, and if they do it, it's not enjoyable. Like, you know the story. Now, actually, I take this back. My kids, like little kids, you can read the same story too, like 50 times. It's like you have to get the book. They can be like, wow. Like, you know, like, you're like they, they read, like, last night my wife went to a class. I think she gave a class yeah, here. So, uh, yeah. So I got, I don't have this privilege. I'm, most nights I'm, I'm here. So I got the privilege of reading to one of my children last night. It's really a privilege. Um, he knew the book before like, I would start saying it. He, he knew the ending, but he loved it. I was like, you know, he loved it. And you know what? It was amazing. Like he, oh, he, like he was so into the book that he had read. And knew, like, I couldn't read the next line. Oh, the golem is going to do this. So, like he, he knew it was going to happen already. Um, but we don't do that usually. But you know what? In yeshiva, the more you review, it's you're learning Hashem's Torah. Every every little bit of understanding is like the, and it's it's an amazing thing. I, I can't. It, it, the, that a serious yeshiva student, um, you know, again, I was fortunate to learn very serious yeshivas like Mir and Lake or this type of places. Like, there are people who could review something hundreds, I mean, mamish, and not five years later, within, within, a, within a few months, Resechta, dozens of times. Dozens of times. And with Torah, it's balanced. It's, you can always find more and more and more and more and more and more understanding. But they were reviewing. They were, they were reviewing because they realized this is Dvar Hashem. It's the word of Hashem. And there's, there's boundless understanding. Just, just understand what Torah is. And they made through themselves a kesher, a connection to, to each other. Kasher Kharzu, and it was like, and that's what the Gemara says, is it Chazu, they were reviewing, or they were Kharzu, like a poetry, like a poem, they were going back and forth. Now, I've seen Gedalim review Gemara, that, you know, like elder sages, like they've learned this Gemara hundred like, times. Like, you know, it's like, I was watching with Tzvi Kushalevsky, he came to, it was one of the big Roshivs in Yushalayim, he was in Miami Beach when I was a Bachar. He was learning the Gemara like this, with eyes clapping. He's saying the Gemara over and over. I'm like, you would think that he just won. I do you ever see one like this? Laughing with a smile. Like, momish like that. Like, and he knew it, Balpeh. You know, he knew it. He, was, he wasn't even. He had the Gemara open. But it's, I, he, 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 man's a complete genius. Um, at 18, he was accepted to Harvard at Perfect Scores SAT. Chose to. He's a Lapian, actually, uh, Kushlovsky. Um, his sister's actually married to her first cousin, who's Rosh Hashiva. Of no, he's married to a Gerwitz. He's married to his cousin, who's a Gerwitz from from the Rashiva Gateshead. Um, basically, like he was learning Torah. So that is reviewing. I don't know how many times he's he, he's learned it uh, before. Actually, David Raka learned it with Baruch Kushalevsky for a short period. I can ask David about Um he was no. He was in Yerushalayim. He left Tel Chicago. Lived in Yerushalayim by Rabbi Zvi. David learned with him in Israel. He learned in his yeshiva. In his, in his yeah, in Israel. Um, and they were connecting. But here's the, here's the thing: what caused our simcha? Also, back to that connection. Remember, we said in marriage, it's the oneness. 
in the relationship, in our lives, we discussed at length, that what makes a person happy is when you see Hashem, there's nothing disjointed in life. That you're always seeing Hashem in every step in the way, in every challenge. There's nothing out of the mix in this world. Their connections, they joined each other as they were studying in Torah. They were reviewing and connecting to, to, uh, to, to each other. Eish Zeus, and here's the amazing thing. The Gemara said, that they said, no, they're not going to burn your house. There's a fire in that, but this kind of fire doesn't burn. burn. When a person leaves Torah, when you leave Torah, that's the fire that burns you, which means that when you leave light, when you leave Torah, now again, as I started today, it's a little bit of a man topic, but I think it's universal for all of us, and I also think that if you ever have your kids in yeshiva or husbands, this is important stuff anyways, but you know, it's not shayach. It's not possible for a man, for a male, to be really into spirituality unless they have a connection to the Torah. That <laughs> means that for a Jewish man to grow, they need a connection to the Torah. Women have other angles. All women need a connection to the Torah, but a man really needs a connection to the Torah. Right, on many levels, which we'll actually touch on uh, in a minute. But when a person leaves Torah, basically, by the way, and I've said this in different venues and different times over the years, if you look at any place where there's no Torah study, there's no Yiddishkeit. Over time, it dissipates and it's diluted and it just leaves uh, that reality. Ha'esha, read this Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, so it comes through an Eish Acheres. Eish Hataiva, an Eish Hataiva, if you have passion, right? You have, you have passions, it, it will go somewhere else for a man. Now, this does not necessarily apply to a man, but there is a certain thing you can tap into, which if it's not used correctly, goes in, in, other, in, other, in other directions. And, and actually, he quotes a Zahar. Again, it's, you know, I, I thought about doing this, and not, I decided to do it, and I'll explain why. At the, I said, why? Ready? I'll repeat why at the end. The Zahar says the following thing. It's amazing Zahar. This Zahar is like, whoa. That Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yaisi, Havi Asim, Kaputzkiyah, Kaputzkiyah, is what today you call Asia, Asia Minor. And they went, he went to Lod. Pagaba Rabbi Yehuda. He meant, he meant Rabbi Yehuda. Omerle Rabbi Yitzchak, Tamimah Dechavinu Chachime. They had prayed for certain Yitzharas today. Pray that the Yitzhara of a man for a woman, like, which I think is out there in the world, I, 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 I don't have to tell you what the average commercial or the top search Google words or what sells in, the, in, the, in, the, in Hollywood or in the commercial world is, pray that it should only be there for a man at the time of when they're intimate with their wife. That's what they said. That's it. 
It should, that means a man should be able to walk on the street and not their head shouldn't go in any any direction. Amalei Chayecha, what are you talking about? He said, we need that Yitzhahara. Because that Yitzhahara is what allows a person to learn Torah with happiness. Whoa. Like, that's what the Zayar says. That's what the Zayar is the primary book of Kalak. The Yitzhahara that could, the passion that's there, if we don't have that passion, if it's not out there in the world, we'll lose the ability to learn Torah with, with a passion. It's, it's 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 having that passion out there. If you it means, I mean, it's it's, a, it's it's only to you know. It's, I always you know if you know you can see certain people in life. There, if there's no passion, in it, for anything, it's like like stoic. You know, I know certain of my kids. I mean, honestly, it's because they're, they're like have passion. They can do something. Like if they be just like a golem, I'm going back to my golem story. They're never going to do something. You know, it's, it's having a certain amount of passion, which channeled correctly, uh, allows you to do something. So, so if you take away that passion, there'll be now passion for Torah. You take away that, the Zayar says, there's not going to be that passion for Limanot Torah. It won't be there. Yitzra, the Revolver brings down, it's a Gemara, it's a Gemara, it's a Gemara. The Yitzra of idolatry today does anyone have like a desire to really bow to idols or do core pagan idolatry? You know, even those pagans, when they come to the Western world, it usually dissipates. It's only at, in an ignorant world that they can do paganism. Not like a big Yitzhahara. To, why? Because Chazal tell us at the time uh, they, they actually were mevatal at Yitzhahara. So Rabbi Rabbi Yitzhak, and again, in the, in the ancient world, it was rampant. It was, and it was it was such, you know, I, you know, I heard an amazing mashal. I, I didn't even know what I was listening to. Somebody gave me uh, a, um, an MP3 CD about the internet, believe it or not. Dava uh, Lubyanker gave, gave it to me to listen to. He gave me as a gift. He gave me like a whole thing of CDs and this is one of the CDs. I didn't even know who I was listening to. But he said an amazing thing. He said he's trying to describe what, like when you think today about idolatry, uh, you know, it sounds so far-fetched. But basically, over time, when you're born into a system that way, um, you can't imagine a reality not that way. And so this speaker was saying, a child who's born today with technology, like, there is, you know, unless, they're, they're, like, they're so, they imagine this is the only reality, right? This is the only, re- they, they don't, they're so, Used to this, they right. can't imagine. Right. So when you're born into such a thing, it's hard to imagine not that way. It's all around you, and everyone's doing it, and that's that's the reality around you. So they were mavatla yitzharam. What Rabbi Yitzchak wanted is like they were mavatla yitzhar for, for idolatry. Take away the yitzharam. I mean, you know, for a man, it's you know a person who's not into mitzvahs. It could be a very big distraction and a very big fall for him and stumbling. And it could damage their mind. It could damage their soul. It could damage their marriage. It could damage relationships uh, on many levels. Um, on many levels. Hey, I'm a rabbi. I, I, I get I give men classes also and have men talk to me. I you know and I'm out there. I know it goes on. It's not. It's for many people. It's very disruptive and very damaging. Um, no, this is like the Gemara says. It's like rain to the world. 
when you have this passion in this area, it, it, it's it, because um, it, it, it actually comes for the happiness, the joy of the Shema He says, and, and that is the joy of Torah. He says, this is, it's a revolver that he elaborates. says, this is a pella. If I had to ask, you know, if you would ask like a rabbi, like, what is the opposite of Torah? The opposite of Torah, very possibly I would say, you know, serious acts of promiscuity, your head thinking. Like, the opposite of serious Torah is a man's head going in the opposite direction, thinking about complete shtus, complete frivolous, you know, terrible things. Like, that type of thing is... And, and says the Zayhar that that passion allows a person to get to the simcha of Torah, and the simcha of Torah is mentioned is the oneness of Torah, to get to the depth of Torah, the, the, the deeper understanding of it. The Indian of Torah is to become one, right? The ultimate expression of Torah is, like we said a few weeks ago, it like seeing God in our life, that you, when a person literally becomes connected to the Torah. You know why, do you know why Talmud Torah is the greatest mitzvah? Why is Talmud Torah the greatest mitzvah? Why is Torah study? We say everyone says in the morning, right? Talmud Torah can I cool up? We say, why is Torah study the greatest mitzvah? It's the foundation of everything you live on. So it's it's the blueprint of how to live, right? It teaches us how you know how to act, what 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 we do in Rosh Hashanah, what we do in Yom Kippur. But right, in the, the most profound thing of Torah is it's the oneness us to God. It connects our. You know, when you think godly, it, it's it that it creates a oneness between us, uh, us and Hashem. And in your Torah is also this If you're just learning Torah, I, I'm, listen. I I I I, I, you can, I teach Torah. I've been Torah. I've been yeshivas my whole life. You can have a person sit in front of a book and read Torah like a book. Rachman al-Tzayin, like a, like a book. A book you only want to read once. You don't want to review a book a lot of times. That's what we spoke about before. It's like the novel. If you read Torah like a novel, then you read it once and you're done. You move on. Like, and it really doesn't affect you. There's no oneness with a book. You know, there's some people who are crazy enough to, like, dance with Harry Potter. I mean, you know. But even that, like, you know, you don't, hopefully Harry Potter doesn't, I never, I actually... I stopped reading novels before Harry Potter came out, and so I read Harry Potter. Uh, but even that, I, I would hope no one lives their life by Harry Potter. Uh, you know, may, maybe under the bridges where the homeless people people do that. But normal people. They're reading Harry Potter under the bridges. Uh? I don't think they're reading Harry. Have Potter. you ever been under the bridges? <laughs> no, I said I don't think so. I didn't say I know so. I just said I don't. I can so. give you part of the air about under the bridges. You'll find out. Part of the air about checking there are people. So yeah. Definitely right. You don't have that part. Uh, <laughs> There's anything you can imagine under there. Um, but you're correct. Most of them are not reading Harry Potter. Um, but, the, you, know, the, you, you know, if you read a Gemara or a Torah or a Tanakh like a book, you don't become one with it. That's not... There's no connection. There's no, I live by this. HaTorah uh, Kadesha, if you really want to study Torah, you need to put your heart and your soul in it. That is the ultimate Simcha. And the Yitzra... The Yitzhar of Arias is really to give, it can, it's to consume your whole self with. You understand? The, the Yitzhar for a man, for a, it's to literally give, not just their mind, but at a certain level, it can consume them 
every aspect of them. Again, I'm not, this is not our, our focus for us today in this class, but it's just to understand how Torah is supposed to be. When you learn Torah, you're supposed to give all of your kaychas, all of your strength. When you look at a gadol or a great person studying Torah, they're putting everything into it. It's not like you read a book. You know, if, I, if I see a person learning Gemara like this, legs up, like, you know, on a lounge chair somewhere, uh, this is not how you learn Torah. You ever see a Moshe, Moshe Ban, their back is in, they're like this. They're, you ever go to Yeshiva? It's loud, it's boisterous, it's fighting, the L into it. Like, but no, no one's punching each other, by the way. Um, but they're moving around and they're into it. That means they're, they're, everything is into it. I was in law school and the library, you don't talk. Because you're reading a book. You're reading a book and you're very quiet. Shh. Like if you raise your voice, if you make too much noise in the book, shh. Everyone around you, like taking notes in constitutional law, trust me. I was there. Um, they don't do it. They're like, they're, they're, and they're not putting their heads in the soles. Even the people who are going to become judges, I, I, I know quite a few of them. You know, they're not doing that. That's not because you know. I had a criminal law professor, a Jewish guy, brilliant guy. He taught criminal law theory, so he mentioned the class. He got called into jury duty, and the judge says, the judge says. To the jury, is there anyone here who has a problem following instructions? If they, if we give you, tell you what to do, uh, like uh, you know, in a criminal law case, uh, that you'll follow it. So he raised his hand. It was like a murder case, whatever it was. So the judge says, "What, what will be your issue?" Well, if I don't want to follow it, I'm not going to do this. He says, "What do you do for a living?" I'm a criminal law professor. <laughs> And I get out of town. He said, and you're a criminal. Uh, yeah, but I, I have my own theories. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're a, you know what the law is? <laughs> it's very nice to everyone that you follow the law. That's your theory. But he, that's, I mean, it means that the law really is not telling him anything. He has his own theories. Torah. You, you put everything into it. So there's a complete oneness. Uh, to it, and therefore the Yitzhar for our rise is that it's, it's that it's that passion to give yourself over to something. When I was younger and stupider, actually, I was forced to in my youth to read these love poems, like the 15th century, 16th century. Like you would think, like you know, I can't think of anything by you, but you. It's like these English poet poems, right? You ever, you know, don't tell my friends. You know, tell me, tell me. Like I saw this when I was younger. It's like I can only think about you. My life is nothing without you, right? You know, and like even in their talk, it's that way. But it's really that idea of giving and being consumed. Obviously, in marriage, the, that is the highest level in a healthy marriage, and that's great. But the, it has the ability in other levels, you know, to go that way. So he says, don't take that away from Torah. You need that passion in this world. Just a person is supposed to put their passion for Torah, and that's the chelvet shmeitz. That means the truth is a person learns Torah. You want to see a, a Jew who's into learning Torah? It's when they give themselves over. It's, they're not reading books. If you see a guy who learns Gemara and doesn't love it, it's because they're reading a book. <laughs> they're reading a book. And I and I, I I've taught Torah to many people, and they read a book. A book is a book. Torah is you give yourself over, and the essence of the study of Torah. Is to me samech, and this really goes back to our Rotan Simcha. When you're one with something, when we, when we said we started a few weeks ago in life and in prayer and in relationships with tshuva, it's the oneness, it's the taking away of all of those things 
which causes uh, simcha. That's, by the way, he just connects the Torah study. It's the same thing. It's really the same thing. If you want to be passionate with something, there's a one. If, you want, if you're in marriage, there's a one. If you're, if, if you're in life, when you're a parent, when, you're, when, when you're, everything is being part of being a parent, then you're happy to do it. Right? You ever see a certain person has a job and they like certain things, they don't like certain things? Because it's not, it's, this is my job, this is not my job, right? This is what I like and this is what I don't. No, you like everything. It means when you, when you embrace your job, you, everything's connected to it. Is that clear, by the way? It, it doesn't, it, 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 listen, I'll speak as a parent because uh, if I had to pick what I liked about being a parent, how about in marriage? How about being a child? You know, no, you, ha- you know, you do kibbutz avi aim. It's when you love, when you see everything as, as a prism of kibbutz avi aim, right? Like, you want to be a servant of Hashem. I think my wife did she touch about this last night? Yes, right? It's not like, okay, I want to do this, you want to do this, right? No, it's all one, it's all being a servant of Hashem. When that's your, when that's your, your, your Weltanschauung, when that's your gong, that, that's the way. You, you, by the way, Mrs. Peretz, you missed a lot. If you want to know any the classes, if you want to learn some of the Yiddish, you can speak to us tomorrow over here. She'll teach you. You can learn a lot. I thought it started at 9. Huh? 8.30. 8.30. Oh, you didn't tell me. Uh, <laughs> you have a question for another time. She said it to you. She said it to you in Yiddish. She didn't understand. Oh, uh, she told me in Yiddish. So Mrs. Lewis also touched upon that. She said the yeah. first thing you have to do right. is accept... And the highest level is to, to, to embrace and to, to give into. And, and Torah study, by the way, it's what you do with passion. In, in, in anything in life, it's like that. But it, it specifically, he's talking about Yeshiva. And then, then you can review it a million times. And then you can under, want to understand everything. It's not, it's not a book. That's, that's how you study Torah, by the way. And, by the, and, and if you really want to do that, then you have to be immersed in it. It can't be that you study with a, with a cell phone and kids running around you. <laughs> Yeah, that's the idea of it. It, it, it doesn't, you can't learn that way. You know, it has to be giving something over. You know, even in a relationship, in a bond, you, you know, someone asked me they had having a date night. I said, of course you need a date night. I don't, have it, I don't get dates, but I think it's a great idea. <laughs> I go for walks with my wife. Those you know, dates, we, okay. There's a mini dates. Yeah, we walk in front of our house. That's, it happens to be very effective. Uh, but no, but it, why, why is it enough? If you're, because if you're just around other people, you don't have that focus, right? There's a, there's a certain bond that you need in any relationship, by the way. I, what I do do, by the way, is I take my kids out individually because you focus one with a person, right? I, I don't, if you want to relate, build a relationship with a person, you know, you take time one-on-one, right? There's a oneness that comes from it, right? You know, the, the, it is, if, if I want to relate, I have all the time I have lunch meetings with people, it's not that I love pars so much. I, I do love pars, but uh, <laughs> but you know I can only I don't eat red meat. I can only eat you know grilled chicken, falafel, and this, the fish that many times. It's not gemara. It's like I need to eat the same thing again. But I do know one thing: when I'm one on one, it's not always does a person feel comfortable coming into a show or to my office. It, 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 there's a bond that's created there, right? You, you, there is a certain comfortability that comes with that, right? There is, you know, a connection that's there. And when you're focusing with the oneness, the oneness really is that you said uh, one of the things that we spoke about in Simcha, we spoke about other things. Interestingly enough, we're going to go back to other topics, but when he's talking about all the topics, the apex, the acme is Simcha. So he, he ends this whole section of 
things to work on with simcha. And, and, and the reason why is we said several weeks ago, and that is if you're happy, you could do anything. And there's nothing, and the ultimate in, in Yiddishkeit is to be happy. It means if you're not happy as a Jew, as a Torah Jew, you are messing up. It's not shaykh. It's not possible. I mean, unless you have personal, or, I mean, but, but Torah is, is, is a light. Torah creates one. This Torah cre- makes sense. Not just study of Torah, a Torah life. And therefore, the, the end of all of these chapters is Simchah. The final thing, that Rabbi Saul Salanter, who was the founder of the Muslim movement, the greatest sage in the late 19th century, says the fo- writes the following thing. There's three levels a person can go. He's not talking about Simchah. This is, he's quoting from his book, The Oriasol. Ha'echad, number one, it was Ha'apesach Ha'aschala, the beginning of it all, uh, the beginning of it all is Ha'ahergesh, is, is a feeling, Adam Loimid Mamre Chazal, if you want to grow, if you want to learn how to be beyond yourself, if you want to, because we're all born a certain way, and as I mentioned uh, over the years, we all have, we all have a certain nature, uh, the nature is our DNA, both physical and spiritual. You know, it, 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 you know, it's not just that if you're raised in nervous parents' houses that they're nurtured. So you, if your parents are anxious people, most likely you, you, you have some anxiety. If your parents have some amount of depression, mostly depression, if there's anger, if there's, you know, and if your people are happy. I mean, there's a million things. We, we inherit a lot, right? Well, and there's, and there's learned behavior. Uh, so but when you want to, improve on that. And we all have lots of good things and bad things to work on. The point of life is to work on it. Right? The, point of, the point of life, the Vilna Gaon writes, is to work on it, is to improve ourselves. So the first thing is to learn, like we're doing tonight, and we've been doing about Simcha, we did this, about all the other character traits we've been working on the past few weeks, uh, we've been doing, uh, past few, actually many months, uh, is to, to learn what our sages, to get, to get the wisdom, to get the wisdom of it. And to review it, uh, and just don't just hear it once. Like as I said many months ago, when we started the safer. You can't just hear a class and think it's going to impact you. You actually need to review it and then imp- implement it. Remember, we actually had take away bite bite things to work on every time. So you're going to review it and uh, review it. and from this you come to the second level, uh, which is kvishas hayetzer. Um, and which is to start beating our Sahara. So if a person, you know, if their conversation with themselves, if they usually if something goes wrong, they get angry, they'll start fighting that, that tendency to get angry. Or usually if something goes wrong, they get sad, they'll start fighting that, that tendency to get, ang- to get sad. Or if they get anxious, they'll fight against it. Or if they're lazy, they'll push them, they'll start trying to push themselves. Like I, I was just dealing recently with a person, no joke, that they get paralyzed. You know, they just, they, when something goes, it's not like they get anything but paralyzed. Like they, they feel they can't do anything. So for them, it's to, to, to their kvisha is to, to not feel paralyzed. <laughs> to, not, to feel that you could do something about the situation. Um, and then number three is to actually fix the situation. To be misakin. Shia adam, alaz vesas, and to be rejoice, and to be, like uh, happy, 
to serve Hashem, right? Which means the, the ultimate is to do a happiness. Happiness, which says our slanter, tikkun ayetzer is to be be doing something happily, to 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 have alizas vasasim of this, to be you know to be in a situation and say I'm happy to work on this. I, uh, I'm happy to be able. When I was when I was younger, besides uh, before I got my Dylan Torah and did David, but besides being forced to read uh, novels or whatever, I played basketball, and I was I was at one point pretty good. I was co-captain of the varsity team. When I was younger, I was captain of the junior varsity team. I, it was not because of my height. <laughs> I was not a center. I was a guard, but I was very quick, um, and. Um, you know, whatever I, you know, I knew how to hit the baseball. Uh, you know, and, and uh, you know baseball. Right? Yeah, just the little uh, white ball. Little white. No, 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 no. Right, 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 exactly. Uh, and, and shoot it into the basket. So, um, I remember I had practice, and the harder it is, I'm, I, and when I look back, I loved it because I wanted to clean the other team and I wanted to be good in basketball. And I, and I, I, you know, when I did push-ups, and I, my coach, his name was Means, the Kahu, he was mean. He one time, threw, I saw the story before, he threw a basketball, like a baseball, on my head. Like, you know, I missed like a layup. I don't know what I did. I, he took a ball. He was an African-American strong guy in his 40s and threw the ball. I don't know how fast at my head. Fortunately, I blocked it. But I was like, imagine, had I not blocked it, I would probably have had a concussion. Uh... But most of the time, he was pretty calm. Uh, and I, you know what? I appreciated it. You know why? Not because I liked him as a role model. Far from it. He was a basketball coach. But I wanted to be good at basketball. There's a level where a person reaches where they, their, their growth is actually, they're rejoicing. And that's how you're successful. You ever see a person who, like, they're dieting or they're exercising? I don't know what Mrs. Glazer said last night. My wife said she's very good. But if you're a personal trainer... Do you know how the, the success is if people love to do what they're doing? If you want to c- continue to do something, you'll love it, right? It, whether it's a diet, whether it's a lifestyle, whether, whether it's a hobby, you, you will love it. And, and the high level is when you're working on yourself and you love it, even though it's challenging for you, even though it's hard for you, even though it's, it pulls you by your tension points. You get to a point where not only do you have the wisdom, not only do you have, you're you making the fight, but not, right now you, you're, you're rejoicing in the fixing of the situation. You're, you, there's a feeling of exaltedness in, in doing it. Me'ata, you know, going back um, that, um, to, to the Zayhar, actually, Dabar Nifla, Tikkun HaYetzer is Aliza Salavasar, Tikkun HaYetzer is the opposite of Ralatayv, Shayetzer Atzmo, when you're working yourself and you're pushing yourself to Kedusha, to holiness, to being better, you're so happy because what you're really doing is you're changing yourself. And even though you're not there yet, and even though it's a struggle, that struggle, you know, is Kaddish Kedushim. It's so amazing. It's so fantastic. It's so holy that you're rejoicing in the process because you are being, you're, you're getting better. <laughs> you're take, you ever see a person when they're, when they're God forbid, they're PT or OT, where they're helping a person and they're taking small steps and they're so happy with those small steps. 
you know, because they feel, even though it's hard for them, <laughs> they're pushing themselves. But there's an improvement. There's a, there's a feeling of betterness. There's a feeling, of, and that's a physical improvement. The, what's amazing is, is that if a person's working on their character traits, they're changing their whole spiritual dimension of themselves. They're changing their actual neshama, which is their neshama for eternity. Right? And that makes a person feel amazing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, amazing. But, but it's, it's even when it's challenging. And that's what he says, it goes back to what we just said before, the Zohar. He says, the shmaitza, when you talk about a person, when a person is learning and they're loving it and they're reviewing it and they're one with it, it's the opposite of Yitzhar, Arias. Because Arias, promiscuity, when, you know, in marriage, it's the Holy of Holies at the right of the person's, you know, tar. But it, 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 for outside, it's, it's the biggest pull away from spirituality. Right? It's like, and when a person uses that same passion, that same passion, you know, it can be used between husband and wife at the right time, but it also could be used for enveloping a, a person with, with Torah. That is part of the reasons because their passions there. You know, when a person, you know, when a person has uh, a, a character trait, which is the Vilna Gaon is an amazing thing. That the, the hardest character traits for us are the area where we can most be successful in. You understand? If a person struggles with, um, I don't have too much time to do this, but when you're when you're like so-so, most people are so-so don't work on it. If you're like mediocre, what people end up having to work on in life is the things they struggle with. So you could have a person who struggles with sadness could become the happiest person. They could. It may take it may not be overnight, <laughs> but they're, because they're constantly working on happiness. They're pushing happiness into themselves. They're, they're pushing it in. A person who has anger, they can go ahead and be the, the person who doesn't get angry because they're constantly pushing that into them. That's what the, the Vulnagon says, that they have the ability that the push there could actually push in the opposite direction if your person... The default is not to be, right? The default, if you, if you have a bad that is stay that way. <laughs> Right? That, that's your default. You, if a person has um, a nurture, we all have pluses and minuses, but you have, the minuses is you don't work on it, you will stay that way. <laughs> or, or you'll regress because you're already on that path. But if a person takes it, that passion they have for that area, it can be used either, on the contrary to improve it. Borim, the Musr, Oim, Kasu, the people who hate Musr. They, they, they think and they, they write it. Kilumina Musr, maybe the Atzvas. You study Musr, you're going to come sad. You're going to work. They tell you to be calm. Like Tshuva, I remember someone told me they don't want to hear anything about Tshuva, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. I'm not joking. Makes them anxious, makes them sad. So instead, they should be judged on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. They should never hear about it. Makes me feel like that's really smart. You know, I remember I, I said this story. Uh, I don't know when I said this. I did say this story at one point. Here, this class several years ago in Shul. And many, many years ago, I, I got into a conversation with a gentleman. Uh, I was 18 or 19. And he was like a real anti in certain ways. And it was at my parents' house for Shabbos. And Siata the I think I shechted him. I like, really beat him in this conversation. He was a doctor, very successful guy. So the next day, he calls my house up. He says, I want to take you to buy you Svarim. Because I've never heard somebody, I've never heard somebody uh, defend something so... 
amazingly, even though he was wrong. Okay, like, 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 so, like, so like that. Like, you know, I have, I have, so he, he says like, you, you, you know, because I really, I put him in the corner, but he says, your, your position, of course, is, he was like really anti-from in certain ways, even though he's quote-unquote orthodox. Um, you know, so he took, I went about his term. So fine, the guy takes me to his term, sorry. He's a very wealthy guy. He says, but, you know, this is the oldest, this is pre-Obamacare. This is the doctors of old. Like, you know, this is like, this is like, they made four insurances, but he made, you know, the guy, a multimillionaire. Just buy anything in the store. You know, whatever you want. Any, any swarm, any swarms. Like, so I started looking, and I went to the mustard section at one point. No, don't buy anything here. The mustard, they'll make you live in a cave. Like, they'll make you live in a cave. Like, if that's, so he says that people talk that way. If you learn muscle, you know, it makes you sad to work on yourself. You know, you know it's going to have any bot, Rabbi so Atma, Rabbi so really, not going to make you live in a cave. It's not going to make you sad to work on yourself, to try to improve yourself. He throws it out. He says that the whole point of Musr is to, to rejoice and to be passionate when you serve Hashem. That is the whole point of it. It's not to make ourselves to realize our faults. It's that we should be passionate and we should rejoice in the process. Kashazua tachlis. You know, if you're a teacher, if you're, if you're a teacher in a class, you have a bunch of kids, you know, 25 kids, it can be challenging, you know? It's not, it's not a joke. But when, you're, when, you're, when you want to be a teacher, when you, want, when you love being a teacher, you handle it. I mean nurses all the time, Right? If someone wants to take care of people, they're not, they don't kvetch. I mean, nurses or doctors that kvetch? No? No kvetches? Complain? Do, are there doctors who are miserable and nurses that are not miserable? Sometimes. Sometimes. They don't like it. It happens. Why does it happen, in your opinion? Uh, they don't like what they do. They don't like what they do. They shouldn't be doing it. Or they don't like certain parts of what they do, probably. Oh, sometimes people just in their own profession. Wrong profession. When they realize too late, <laughs> they don't like it, right? Okay, so so if you wanna if you wanna if you're if you wanna really be happy being a doctor or a nurse, even you know it's when you love what you do, right? It's if you love what you do, even the bar, the dirty parts, the, the hard parts, and you you have a, so he says realize that um, that the whole point of musar, the whole point of working on ourselves, is that we should be happy. It's not that you should be. See, when it, like I said this last time, when we talk about tshuva, if a person can't do tshuva, if they're depressed, <laughs> you know what happens then? You need to have great self-esteem to do tshuva. That's what I said last time. Right? You have to be in a good place. Then when you're working yourself, it's healthy. When you're already, oh, then everything is bad. Like, and then you don't get anywhere. <laughs> it's like, that is not the way you do tshuva. That is not the way you fix yourself. The starting point always has to be one of self-worth and Putting yourself in a good in a good, in a, in a good place. Okay, has Papchus Mirala Tov. She took an it's ancient Derachas Lagilah. The only way to work on ourselves, Sadrib Salanter, is Musar. And the only way the, the, the whole purpose of it is through happiness. If you really want to be successful in life to fix yourself, it's happiness. He said Bisol Salanter says that the the tavlin, the antidote and the, and the connection of the madragas of all of these levels uh, of, of self-growth is to get this passion that it shouldn't be extinguished is the you know is in the which helps a person um, um, 
and bit is Yitzhahara and is a Torah, is when you are loving and happy what you're doing. If you are rejoicing, when you want to work on something, you know you'll be successful when you're happy doing it. When you feel, and the Bible, Yom Kippur is the happiest day of the year. Right? That's what it's supposed to be. Because if you really want to chap Yom Kippur, it's out of joy. It's, it's the feeling that I'm going to cleanse myself. Um, right? When you're, when you ever see weightlifters that love weightlifting, you know, there's a joy there. They're, they're, they're pushing themselves, but they love what they're doing. There's a tension there, but they love what they, what they love what they're doing. And, and I, I hate to say it, you know, within reason, lift, lifting weights is okay. After that, it's really a waste of your life. I mean, it's usually vanity. I mean. Vanity. I mean, if you're, you know, like, I don't know, brag over here, or whatever, right? But like, you know, if your muscles are bulging, if you want to be a little bit, I, I get it. But spend three hours a day something like this in front of a mirror, like uh, I don't get that, you know. Um, you know, there's a certain amount that's healthy, but that's, but if they love it. You know, a person could be uh, a person could be into it. So the Shemrasa, when you love what you're doing, you won't leave your madrega. When you love something, you know. When it, you, it won't lose focus from, from what, 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 what's going on when you love something. When you love your marriage, you will, when you love your spouse, you will be able to do things you would never do otherwise and for nobody else and at all times of the day. I, what a mother can do for a baby, it's not normal. I, you know, it, it comes, you know, for some of that is innate, but there's a, there's a love there. You love your baby. You ever, if, if, if a stranger... Let's put it this way. Uh, the same mother who is so giving, if it's another child, she probably could take pretty good care of it. It's not the same. There's a little bit less love. I and mean, the same person, it's not their spouse, it's not their, their, their parent. It's, there's, if there's not that joy in love, it's a little bit less. Right? And for some people, it's a lot less. And the goal, therefore, is to, 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 to rejoice what you're doing and that is your success. The derech aliyah zu, and therefore the derech aliyah zu be so slanter is hashapchas mira leterv. Believe is to get from negative to good, and the way you do it is with muster, and the way you learn muster is besimcha. And therefore, he says the following thing: that we're finishing all of this. Actually, we skip stuff. We'll go back. But the end of all of all of the chapters we talked about of different character traits is. List is simcha. Why? Because as we started, simcha is something that allows us to leave offer. And offer is the lowest of all character traits. It's atzvus, it's sadness, it's, it's atzlus, it's laziness, it's yish, it's giving up. And when you come to simcha, that is the opposite of that. That is, you have all kinds of passion, you have all kinds of ability, you have all kinds of uh, ability to work on anything. And so whatever it is, whether it's the laziness or the sadness or the anxiety or the givingness or the appreciation or being charitable, when you're happy, you're able to do it. And the whole tachlis and the avoid of a Jew is to be sameach. You know, we're, we're, we're taking a break for a while. The, the end of all of the Yom Tovim really is sukkahs. And sukkahs, of course, is man sim chaseinu. You know, we, the next few weeks, are so lucky. It's, it's so amazing, the gift to be a Jew in general. But to go through a Rosh Hashanah and a Yom Kippur and a Sukkot, it's all about getting close to Hashem. 
the essence of Yiddishkeit, the essence of Judaism, is to have HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our lives. The ultimate oneness in life is to be able to feel Hashem in our lives and to see Hashem in our lives. But the way we do it is even in the things that we work on and the characteristics that we build, it's that we realize that Hashem gave us these tests. <laughs> and if we're ch- working on something and we're fulfilling it, we're turning something for, which is negative to positive, there's nothing more happiness that we should have than that. So give everyone a bracha, they should be successful next week to so take advantage of them, to rejoice, to be mesameach in them. And we'll pick up in Taf Shin Pei and the new year with a new topic. Next week, we'll see what time.